0: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a comment section and an old friend. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to The Engine. I've been posting a lot of videos on TikTok and, and YouTube and, and Instagram, math videos, right? Nothing nothing crazy. But, you know, little 60-second clips helping people understand different, different concepts. And I'm obviously very theatrical and I'm making fun of myself and making fun of the problems and just being stupid, right? But I do definitely solve the questions correctly. And I, I put a lot of energy into the videos. So they're engaging, they're not boring. You know, I'm, I'm trying to put out good content for, for people that are trying to learn. So that's, that's kind of my jam. And overwhelmingly, I get really positive feedback. But almost always, there's somebody who's got to try to piss in my Cheerios. <laughs> there's almost always one person commenting every couple of videos about like, worst explanation ever. And I I usually respond with something like, but I did explain it. <laughs> just just something snippy. But there's always that person, right? There's Especially in the comments, there's always like, oh my gosh, we did this in, in fifth grade in the UK. I can't believe schools in the US are so easy. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, look, the SAT and the ACT have really basic algebra to start. So if you did something a long time ago, that's fine. But I mean, these are obviously not the hardest of questions. And in the U.S. schools, right? Like we have the SAT and the ACT. That's a basic, basic test that everybody has to take. But we also have um, um, supplemental tests, right? That are voluntary, like AP tests or um, SAT twos, things like that. So it's a really tricky thing to say, hey, you know, you don't, you don't really compare the easiest of question on the SAT to other things. It's just. It just doesn't make sense, right? Like, why, why do that? But again, you have people that enjoy doing that. You have people that enjoy being critical. Now, here's the thing. That's not really surprising to, to know that somebody was being annoying. But what's really interesting is that the people that are most adept in navigating the, the interwebs, right, and navigating social media, they become really savvy to this. So some people just flat out don't read the comment section because they know that there are going to be trolls. They know that there are going to be people that just delight in making fun of something. They know that it's kind of like a sport. People want to get your attention and talk trash and and go from there. There are other people that do read the comment section, but they don't care even a little bit because they're like... Whatever. And they go back and forth with somebody and then they move on with their day, but they don't get emotionally involved with the people making comments. So, like, I read this guy talking trash about, you know, like worst explanation ever. And I kind of make a joke, move on. I don't even know if he responded. I don't really care, right? Because it's a stupid algebra problem on TikTok. And if he doesn't want to watch it, he can absolutely not watch it. And frankly, I don't see him making great videos. So, it it is kind of what it is, but the reason that these options are really important is because the people that cannot, the people that cannot either ignore the comments, or dispassionately see them and either comment back and walk away, or just maneuver it so they're not emotionally engaged, those people will not survive on social media. Right, some people just go down these rabbit holes and they freak out, and it's affecting their whole life, and they just they just can't handle it. You know, even on even on this podcast, there have been people that have attempted to persuade me one way or another with negative reviews, and it's kind of like, hey, look, say whatever you want you don't you don't have to listen to this at all. I'm not doing this for money. I'm I'm doing it for me and for my students and people I'm close with. So whatever, I don't care. But it's it's one of those things that's so obvious that when you're dealing with things online especially the generation that that is coming up now they know that whatever happens online you can't you can't take it seriously at all and that's interesting to me because it has shifted from reality to the virtual world okay and what i mean by that is i have an old friend his name's randy Right and he's kind of a guru guy of mine in a, in a lot of different ways, and he we used to play dice a lot right, and he would you know get into it and i go over to his house in the summer and and me and my wife really enjoyed hanging out with him and his wife and and so again we'd be, do a barbecue, play dice, hang around, and uh, I remember one night in particular i was I was just like zapping him with these jokes, right just throwing zingers at him, and he would laugh it off. he didn't care at all, right but one thing he said is like oh. There's always one in the group. And he, again, laughed it off. And I remember this. It was probably like 10, 15 years ago that this happened. But for some reason, that really stuck with me, just saying like, ah, there's always one in the group. Because what's happening now is that we have the one snippy person in the group. We're just really used to that snippy person being online. We're not used to those negative interactions in person. And you can see this because the mental health of college students, amazingly, is deteriorating because they cannot handle in-person interactions. There was a there was an example a couple years back of this college girl, uh, excuse me, girl who was going to college, who called 911 because her roommate had called her a bitch and she lost it. She freaked out. She called. She didn't know how to handle it. And you see things like this happening. Uh, you see parents coddling coddling students are called snowplow parents. So it used to be a helicopter parent. So somebody would hover over the kid and make sure that, you know, everything was fine for the kid or, excuse me, that, that the kid was getting everything done correctly and, and getting the homework done. Again, hovering, right? Helicopter parents. But now snowplow parents are literally paving the way for students. So there's the least possible resistance for these students and they just kind of move through the world. And then when the parent's gone, when the snowplow is gone and you have to forge ahead on your own, well, you hit all these obstacles and you don't know how to handle them because you've never hit a bump in the road. It's so obvious that people are developing social, kind of a social arsenal where they know how to navigate online landscapes they know how to navigate online jerks they know how to navigate online comments and it becomes the whole like sticks and stones break my bones right but crappy comments on youtube never hurt me it's that kind of thing and that's great i mean that's that's what we need to do if we're going to keep existing in these digital formats but what we're losing as we shift more to the digital world with with social nuances, is we're losing our ability to handle jerks in the real world. It's almost like you understand that you're always going to have some bad comment or some hater, no matter what, on the internet. But the second you meet somebody like that in the real world, you're like, oh my, oh my God, how could you say that about me? Oh, that's so terrible. Or, oh, it's so hurtful. Or, oh, like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you do, man. Ignore them. Just, somebody tells you you have the worst hair they've ever seen, be like, yeah, but you have seen my hair. So whatever. It was like It doesn't even entirely make sense. Just make a bad joke and walk away. But the point is, we are now abandoning our actual social arsenal, our, our tools to deal deal with people, good and bad in the real world, and we're developing them on, online. And again, the online tools are not bad. We need to have that so we can keep people moving forward in that realm as well. But we cannot abandon. We cannot abandon the age-old understanding that, hey, look, when you're hanging out with a group of people, no matter where you are, you could be on online, you could be in person, no matter where you are, there's always going to be one in the group. There's always going to be something that says something inappropriate. There's always going to be somebody who's just a little off, a little goofy, doesn't quite get it, trying to make a joke, you know, pushes too hard, says something stupid when they're nervous. Who cares? They're always going to be those people. And we have to bring back our understanding that, man, sticks and stones. It doesn't matter what people say, it doesn't matter that you know, if somebody says something goofy to your face, you can't, you know, close your laptop or turn off your phone and ignore them. They're still there, but it doesn't matter. It's still just words. It's still just text in a comment section. It's still just somebody living out this hateful, spiteful kind of existence that is their day. They're trying to suck you into this vortex of crap and bring you down too. Look, man, great. Great that you know to not pay attention and get in fights when you're dealing with Facebook or Instagram or whatever. But don't lose that sentiment in the real world too because the real world is actually where we all live. And man, as cagey as people are getting and as weird as people are getting, it's, it's different now to find people being jerks in the real world because they, those jerks have outlets elsewhere that are far safer and far more anonymous so they don't, they don't risk anything. But if you do find one of them, as they crawl out from underneath their rock and engage you in the real world. Man, don't bite. Blow it off. Move on with your day. Stop reading the comments. I'm Matt Todd. This is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it.